Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Matt, I am talking to you while you are over there in Europe doing the Weedus tour that is like, what, two and a half, three months long? Two and a half, yeah. I am backstage at our venue in Belfast. Um, I thought we were going to record yesterday, and then it turns out our ferry, because you have to take a ferry, of course, from the UK to Ireland, and uh, our ferry was later in the day than I thought, so by the time I got here, it was too late for you. It was, it was a crazy day. But it, this is that sweet spot in between setup and sound check. And uh, I got the quietest room I could possibly find <laughs> to talk to you all. Um, but if you hear some Irish voices in the background, that's just part of the authentic experience I'm, I'm bringing to the table today. I think it is becoming more and more charming that most of the mailbag episodes are being recorded in between the setup and performance time at Weedish shows. It was the last mailbag we did, right? It was in, in your car in outside my car. of my show. Yeah. How about that? So hopefully that continues as, a, as an ongoing I, I'm into it. I'm into it. So the last episode we put out, biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Um, everybody, yes. we, we finished up. UHF, we are officially in the 90s, uh, starting next week. Um, but there were two television things that we had to just briefly take a peek at. Um, one of them I want to talk about a little bit, but let's get the easiest one out of the way. Uh, Al has his second Naked Gun cameo uh, showing up in Naked Gun Two and a Half. Um, yeah. As a as a guy holding up the police station, and I'll be honest, I always heard that Al was in all three Naked Gun movies, and I never knew where he was in part two for the longest time because he's without his Same. iconic mustache. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> we watched this on a – there's a YouTube video that just shows the three appearances he has on in the Naked Gun movies just in a yeah. row. And not to spoil the third Naked Gun Cameo, but this is the only time he appears not as himself. Not as Weird Al. And he, he actually is, yeah. 
He uh, looks, what is he doing? Is he robbing a police station? Like, he, like what a what a criminal! <laughs> like what a bold move. Um, I think the other <laughs> thing is that like he almost looks more like the 1999 Weird Al. Yes. In that clip, because the hair is down and he doesn't have the mustache. Um, but it's that's undeniably true, his voice. <laughs> no, I hadn't. I hadn't actually clocked that. You're right. That's a. Um, it's like foreshadowing. Like he, yeah. he, like he was getting into some sort of a new character, and little did he know that that would become just his, his default look. Very few years later. So the other thing is something I've never heard of. When I was oh googling god. things that Al was in, I saw this oh thing. Oh my god! Seriously, Phil Collins, which was uh, a TV special. Uh, Made to basically promote the Phil Collins album, but seriously, um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you watched it. I only watched the owl parts of it myself. I actually watched the whole thing. Oh, boy. I so watched this, the whole thing. So the the plot description is four TV executives attempt to make a television special to promote Phil Collins, but seriously. It's mostly made up of sketches, but this film does include a rap version of Don't Lose My Number, a country Boy, version of Separate Lives, and Phil Collins doing an Elvis Presley impersonation while singing One More Night. Um, and then this part blew me away. This was considered lost media until it was randomly placed on Phil Collins' first farewell tour DVD. Um, oh my God, wow. <laughs> so... Um. The first thing that I noticed when I hit play on this thing and I was like screaming is the cast. Uh, the, the, the opening cast of this. <laughs> I was saying, first of all, first of all, I'm saying to you, Matt, and I'm actually saying to everyone who listens to this show, go on YouTube and watch this okay. full thing. Treat yourself. I took I, I realized I did the thing again where I like took so many I took more notes on this than I have done for some owl things we've done. <laughs> and I realized I was like, there's no way we can unpack all this. It's way too much, like Phil Collins content. But this is an absolutely insane thing. You've, you've got the opening cast. You you start with Jeff Tam Jeffrey Tambor sitting in his office and you just see all these names coming back, uh coming across the screen. And they're mostly in alphabetical order. They're listed in alphabetical order on IMDb, so that's how I'm going to read it. But we see names like Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Dr. Dre, Gilbert Godfrey, the ultimate warrior. The ultimate warrior, John Travolta, Bruce Willis. And then, Bruce all, of a sudden it just, and then all of a sudden it just says Pippin the Dog. Pippin the Dog. Like, like honestly, it, the opening credits to this, it's, it's almost like Too Many Cooks. Yeah. Like level of it is so crazy how few, it, it, it 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 seems a, like a joke and all of these people are actually in it. A few others that we're missing here: Don Johnson, Henry Mancini, <laughs> Henry Paul, Mancini, Paul Schaefer, and Vanessa Williams. And then of course, Al is kind of the bookends of the whole special. Yeah, he's he's the television executive demanding something for the Saturday uh, eight o'clock hour. Uh, and he's also being massaged by many bikini-clad women. <laughs> so basically, Al is the head of this TV network, and he, Jeffrey Tambor, who goes by the name Jeffrey Tagliatini, and Al just keeps throwing <laughs> random other Italian words at him. Um, he's like, ah, Jeffrey Tortellini, what do you yeah. got for me? Um, and uh, it seems like Al makes all of his TV decisions uh, not based on what he's listening to, but by his moans of pleasure or disapproval from the massages he is getting from his bikini-clad models at the pool. So <laughs> Al accidentally agrees to a Phil Collins hour-long special in primetime, 
because he was getting such a good foot massage. The best. I've Seeming, never seemingly like not to be too crass with you people, but seemingly a foot massage to completion. Yeah. Oh, it is weird an orgasmic screams it, that he it, is creating. If <laughs> I'm not selling this enough to you guys, I don't know what to say. But you have to you have to watch this whole thing. Like, oh my God, Gilbert Gottfried has a major role. My, I was gonna say my, when I was scrolling oh. through it to try to see if Al showed up again, I was like, Gilbert's in this a lot. Like what him I and John give. Candy seem like leads. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned before on this show, right, I had a brief working relationship yeah. with, with Gil. God, what I wouldn't give to be able to ask him about this, because I had no, no idea <laughs> this existed. His lines are some of the funniest, like, uh, just <laughs> just to drop, like, a random uh, one, like, later on. like they're, So the whole premise of this is they want to do a Phil Collins hour-long special. And okay. everyone's like, well, what should we do for the special? And everybody keeps saying, like, well, why don't we just put him on stage and have him, like, you know, sing and play music? And uh, Jeffrey Tambor, for some reason, is just keeps going like, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to work. Yeah. And it's like, we need to come up with some other crazy idea for this special. And at one point towards the end where they're struggling, Phil Collins just says like, well, I mean, if we don't come up with an idea soon, we're going to have to forget it. And Gilbert Gottfried in his classic voice goes, just goes, I'd sooner go home and kill my family than have you forget it. Oh, it's it's excellent. Uh, the only other thing, and again, like I'm not going to go through all my notes because truly it would be a whole episode of this show that we don't have time for. Uh, him doing the rap song is absolutely insane, uh, and uh, it is he does a full on wrestling match against the Ultimate Warrior. I saw <laughs> clips of that. Yep, <laughs> where it doesn't look like it's a double. Honestly, it really looks like the Ultimate Warrior is throwing Phil Collins around a wrestling ring. And it is hilarious in the footage. It is not lost on me that Phil Collins currently is retired because he has such bad back problems. And I was going to I, I don't also know if say, we can blame the ultimate warrior. So here's what I will tell you. There was a quote. I, I've talked about this on other podcasts before. Wrestlers have a specific way of talking about each other that is like the most beautiful, like borderline carny language. Yeah. And Ultimate Warrior is someone who you and I almost definitely grew up idolizing because oh, yeah. he was awesome. Oh, yeah. um, you later find out that he was not a very safe guy to work with and not very good at being a wrestler. Wasn't good at like throwing the punches or being safe. And there was a quote from a wrestling promoter one time when asked about Ultimate Warrior where he said every time that man cashed a check, he was stealing money. Oh, <laughs> Which, man. Wow, that's a, that's a damning quote. Like, what a, what a mean, like, what a beautiful diss. Yeah, um, that's brutal. Wow. But, but yeah, so. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely. I blame I, yeah, Ultimate Warrior for I, Phil I, Collins' back I, issues. You know what? From everything I've heard, I feel comfortable blaming the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't seem like a great guy. I'm sure you probably also were watching wrestling when they tried to give him the comeback. And then he just fucked it up again. Ruined it again. Fire. They fired him publicly on the show. Like, yeah. kind of, I mean, they anything in wrestling, they sort of make part of the, even the behind the scenes stuff becomes part of the actual storylines. Really, but they, they for sure really fired him publicly on television. People, they were like, the Ultimate Warrior the, is, gone. yeah, he's not yeah. showing up. He's not doing what he needs to do. He's done. Yeah, there's, there's a phrase that they use in wrestling called burying somebody. And yeah. a lot of the time, it's just fans being upset that their favorite person isn't being pushed properly, but they legitimately buried the ultimate. They, they were like, Truly, they like yeah. went out on the TV and were basically just like, if you have a, re 
they were one step away from basically saying, if you own a wrestling company and you hire this man, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, he was completely, they were like, our bad for giving you another chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now, what's not our bad of giving people another chance is opening up the mailbag once again to yes, our listeners. let's do it. Um, so we've got a couple emails that came in through the actual inbox, uh, and they're a bit lengthy in nature, but that's fine. Um, that's fine. So we got one from Matthew. Perfect. Great. He says, well done so far. He says, hello, Matt and Matt. I've been a listener since the very first episode dropped, and I've absolutely loved every episode since. I've been wanting to write you guys for a while, but I put it off 27 times. Uh, (laughs) I'm a longtime fan of Al and got into him when my cousin gave me a cassette copy of Even Worse. Much like many of your guests have said, I was a young boy at the time, around eight years old, and I was instantly hooked. I followed Al ever since discovering him, becoming more and more impressed with his wit as I grew older. Through the years, I often had thought about crediting the old, uh, about creating the ultimate Weird Al playlist, pulling only the best originals and parodies from each album in the hope of sharing it with somebody unfamiliar with Al's work. Never did I do this undertaking, as I always thought to myself, no one will know, no one I know will ever listen to this. Little did I know I should have just created a podcast instead. I don't necessarily have a question or comment for the mailbag episode, but I am curious if there's any update on restoring Jim LeGrando's Weird Al game to be playable. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for the show. I look forward to listening every Friday and learning so much about Al and his songs that I never knew before. Keep up the great work. A fellow Matt. P.S. Matt Kelly, it was great meeting you at Four Chord Music Festival in Pittsburgh. Hey, um, very cool. So I do have an update. You do? I Even I don't know this update. So it's not much. It's not okay, much. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. But Anything counts. Ironically, I believe it was the Four Chord Music Festival. I was driving with Jim to Pittsburgh, and we were talking about it, and he was saying that there was a show on Netflix that he had recently watched and that the, it was like a reality show and that they were focusing on a group of people in Philadelphia who restore vintage computers from the 80s and 90s and that he was writing he wrote down the name of where they meet and was planning to go to one of their meetings in the near future and oh, inquire man. if anybody had a computer that would be able to run the game so that he could see what was on it uh, you know, so. <laughs> just God bless Jim Legrando. He's really like he's really going for it here. I, I'm I'm so happy that this has continued to be because I yeah I'll be honest I haven't done too much diligence on this myself other than every time the three of us talk it does come up always. Yeah. <laughs> it's like any any updates. Oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, fingers crossed that someone you know some uh, wonderful nerd at this convention is going to be able to help us pull this off. Yeah, it's it's. A dream, hopefully, that comes true. Um, I've got a second email that comes with a plug. Oh, great. We got an email from Ryan Rogers, who you may know as the host of the Jurassic Park cast, which you and I were guests on to talk about Weird Al's Jurassic Park. That's right. Um, So he wrote in and he said, hey, guys, the show has been awesome. Just a recommendation from my end. I know that music and especially something people really cling to, is sort of a personal journey. It's got to reach you at the right time and place. And I know fully well that you can't point a song at someone and say, now this means something to you as well. But 
Canada's got this guy from Montreal that made the most hilarious hip hop videos back in the early 2000s. John LaGiulio. Uh, I, I know I'm mispronouncing that name. Uh, I don't know how much cash he has in the States, although I imagine he's got some, but he's big, he's big talent and truly hilarious. Uh, I can only describe him as Robin Williams in a dramatic-esque role. It's chilling, intimate, and there's a frantic hilarity laying over the surface. He's released a couple tunes also under the band name Woofie's Just Fine. Um, now, are you familiar with this person whose name I know I'm murdering? I, I don't think I am. Um, uh, did you ever watch The League? You know, I didn't watch... That's one of those shows that I didn't watch, and I absolutely should have because I love the people okay. involved in that show so much, but I never actually sat and watched so it. So he was one of the stars of the league. He played a character okay. called Taco. Um, now I remember a few of his songs. He had two songs, two songs that he did sequels to that I remember. And the one was the average, just an everyday normal white rapper guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was just a song about being a very milk toast white guy. <laughs> Like he's like, I'm just your everyday average normal guy. Nothing special about me, motherfucker. <laughs> and like, I, I, I'm I'm just looking it up. I think it's pronounced John Lajoie. Lajoie, okay. Lajoie, because I think it's a French Canadian name. And I do. He, I, he looks familiar to me. Yeah. I have, and then there uh, was Show Me Your Genitals was was a very popular one from him, which was like the most monotone, seductive song. Where like it had like, I remember one of the lines was like. I'm a very good sex man. I'm quite good at sex. <laughs> like, so uh, definitely, I feel like I wouldn't compare him to Weird Al as much as I would say predi- like pre-Lonely Island. Falls into a very similar bucket as like Lonely Island of really playing up the like lame white guy character yeah, that can yeah, rap. Yeah. Um, but Wolfie's just fine. I cannot remember what the name of the song is. And it's, I think it's called A New Beginning, actually. Mm. It's a very sincere song about the first time he ever saw boobs when watching Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning, and how emotionally scarring it was to see your first naked body and then immediately see that person get massacred in the woods. And like how as a little kid, he's like, it really created an awkward thing where like sex became scary to me because that's how I connected it all. Well, I love this. I'm, I'm fast. I, I definitely have to listen to some of this music because, yeah, comedically, I'm sure he's definitely right in a sweet. Well, funny enough, he, you mentioned the league, but he worked with Paul Shear, yeah, who we had on the show. So um, yeah. we should Ooh, check we should. out his stuff, and we should also reach out and see if if John Lejoie, I'm I'm remembering as well because I think he might have even done some music for How Did This Get Made? Probably. And I think they shouted definitely. him out for that. Um, so I think that's why I know that pronunciation of his name. Lejoie uh, so makes way more sense than whatever the hell I said. Uh, and then <laughs> the last one that we got in an email, we've got a couple other ones mm-hmm. through other means, but it says, love the podcast. I've been a Weedus fan forever, and I listened hey. to One Hit Thunder, but I didn't start listening to your pod until this summer. As a teacher, I had more time to listen, and once I started binging it, I couldn't stop. listening. I listened to all of your episodes in three weeks. My story with Al was he has many touchstones in my life, but I never thought to buy an album. I clearly remember the fat video being a favorite of mine. I was still young enough that the real Smells Like Teen Spirit video was a little scary, but I loved Al's version. (laughs) And I still think that the Chili Peppers Flintstone mashup is genius. And my bad high school band even attempted to cover it. 
I also grew up living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so when Amish Paradise came out, you just couldn't avoid it. And he said, side note to Matt Kelly, did you know about the FM97 DJ who played the song nonstop overnight? It was a big deal locally, uh, but some internet searching only turns up a quick note from a co-worker of his and a stray Reddit post. I don't remember this, actually, but mm. when we get to Amish Paradise, we'll have to try to find some type of news story about it. Yeah. Um, my mom, my mom had bought me a gift certificate for a local venue that mostly hosts acts from way before my time. So when Al was there last year, it was my best option. And I went and it was the first time that I realized the dude actually was a legitimate musician. So my question is, y'all have musicians who love Al on, but what's the balance of musicians slash artists who don't respect him? I feel like in certain genres, they'd never admit to it. Do you ever get hard passes on guests because they just simply aren't fans? It was great meeting both of you at the Wayne Music Festival. Roger. Interesting. That's a great question. You know, I think that we mentioned this in passing in a previous one. You know, there, as we've seen, we've heard stories at this point in his career from what we've covered so far, right, of people who have passed on parodies by Al. But they always and seem to be a fan regardless. They just they always think it seem was the to right, be a f- the parody or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the short answer is if, if the question is, do I know of any recording artists who have like on the record said that they don't like Al? The answer is no. Yeah. Um, I don't, because again, even with people we've talked about, like we've had documents of like, you know, Prince has said no, Paul McCartney has said no. But all of them still very openly liked Al. Yeah, I think that there was a theory for a long time that Prince did not like Weird Al. But then in the last year, we had that leaked footage of him like giddily talking about how great the fat music was. How great Al was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So so I I think that, um, yeah, I I really don't know. I think that, you know, again, it's a testament to to how well Al has found his position that it has become clear to everybody involved in music like that he does this from this place of love. And also, let's just be real with each other, he does it from a place of love and that sweet, sweet Al, Weird Al bump. You get that Weird Al bump, man. Um, People are getting paid on Al's parodies. Like, those original artists get paid every time Al does the song. So there's, you know... Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. There's not much to dislike. I would say um, if there was anybody who maybe would never own that they liked Weird Al, and this is going to sound really weird, but I, I'm, I think maybe the modern day like SoundCloud rappers, mm-hmm. I feel like they have when I just when I hear interviews with them, a lot of them kind of talk about any genre before they were born as beneath them. So I yeah. could see them seeing Al, not like hating Al, but kind of just seeing that as like old people music that's beneath them. That um, that very well might be true. And there's always going to be some artists who are just like, because it wouldn't just be about Al then, it would be about certain artists that are very, very precious and protective of their work as art yes. that they wouldn't want to see modified or changed in any way. But that's not about Al as much as it's about uh, protecting their own work, you know? So I wouldn't, you know, your, your point's well taken, Matt. I'm sure there are probably plenty of people out there who would just think that he was, uh, yeah, yeah, like old and corny. Um, but, but I think that would come from, you know, a different place than anything specific to Al. Exactly. Um, 
Good question, though. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an ear out for that moving forward. Um, and actually, in the music world and in the comedy world, it would also be interesting just to see comedians. I think you'd be harder pressed to find comedians who don't respect him, yeah, honestly. Yeah, comedians who wouldn't respect him for his work and his contributions. Both of those things are, I don't have anyone in mind straight yeah. away that I, I know Maybe of. 20 years from now, you might have comedians that he's so many chess pieces removed from their sure. inspiration sure. that it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you and I are like music and comedy nerds. So mm-hmm. we can say appreciate and love someone like Spike Jones, but like right. the average person who's getting into comedy and Weird Al is just going to be like, what is this fucking circus nonsense that you're playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So this one we got from a past guest and a friend directly on Instagram, and it's about mm. the hottest topic that came up on our spam episode, which is doing a, uh, a video in which we eat a little bit of every single food Al sings about. This is from yeah. C. Philip. Um, he asked if we had ever seen a YouTube show, uh, binging with, with Babish, uh, binging with Bobbish, I think. Bobbish. Yes. Yes. Binging with Bobbish. He said, I think it's time for you guys to do a crossover episode. I'm pretty sure he's in New York. He's done a few episodes I've seen where he takes some gross recipe from a TV show or movie and then executes it as an incredible gourmet version. Um, hit us up. (laughs) <laughs> I, I am I am familiar with that show. Uh, for people who don't know, um, C. Philip Zarina is the the uh, the name of our our guest from uh, um, from You Make Me. Yep, um, an old old friend of mine. Um, are you familiar with that show, Matt? Have no, you heard of that show? I had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> to be honest, I would be surprised. I've seen not all of it, but a good amount, and he is definitely seems like the sort of guy who has already done a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Okay. Um, cause he, it's super fun. Like he basically just takes the most insane, like food items that he finds in various forms of like comedy and media. He's done a lot of like Bob's burgers, burgers, <laughs> like yeah. creates them in real life and like sees like how they actually would taste. Um, right. um, so it would be a great crossover if we could do, you know, uh, uh, the Twinkie Wiener sandwich is an actual creation. So much of what Al talks about is, is more just like generic again, yeah. like baloney. Or spam. Maybe he could make us something really dope with spam. Yeah, make it. Apparently, um, fried spam is the way to go. I, I, I'm definitely on board condiments. for this idea. Would love to get in touch. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Uh, we got another message on our Instagram from uh, Zebrom. Zebrom. Uh, yeah, Zebrom, uh, who we've talked about in almost every mailbag. But he mm. says, in response to your request for feedback, as someone who's caught up on all the Weird Al themed podcasts, I'll say that yours is absolutely fantastic. Hands down, definitely in my top seven favorites. But, <laughs> so, but like seriously, it. your perspective and insights are interesting, and the discussions are very focused and passionate. I feel like he's lying. We are never focused. Um, <laughs> we are passionate, but focused is a stretch. But I appreciate the compliment regardless. Even the brief tangents provide context there, that there are entertaining and informative. <laughs> The episodes are very manageable in their length, and I look forward to them every Friday morning. You, Matts, have great chemistry, bringing the fun balance to the show. Even though I've studied a lot of Al, I often end up learning new things while listening. Most of the guests, like MC Lars, UH Jeff, and Paul Shear, are absolutely wonderful and add nicely to the show's dynamics on, their, on those occasions. My only criticism would be that you sometimes play my music on the show. Nobody wants to hear that. But otherwise, great show. <laughs> oh, man. That was, that's a great message. I, the whole time I was thinking, like, God, I really can't wait to hear what this criticism is he has. 
Otherwise, great show. I love what you do, and I look forward to hearing more. Also, can I chew on your butts? <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. As long as we keep, as long as we're allowed to keep playing your music. Yeah, Anytime. we're gonna keep playing your music, man. I still will go back and listen to your punk cover of "We Do" from The Simpsons. It's oh phenomenal. yeah. Um, and then we got a couple comment uh, questions that came in over on uh, on our Facebook. Uh, first one said, "Question: Which is the best Weird Al movie, UHF or UHF?" From Greg. Um, <laughs> I mean, UHF. Uh, between those two options, it's hard to pick. But <laughs> I, I would say I'm, probably UHF. I think UHF for Although, me. Yeah. If we if we are being sincere and bringing in Weird, the Al Yankovic movie, I mean, they are tough and head to head. But I've got so much nostalgia for UHF. Like. I think, I think we I, said it at the time, right? It's so hard to compete with the amount of nostalgia that UHF has. Like, I, I loved Weird. I thought Weird was absolutely fantastic. I actually have only seen it the one time so far. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I think I've watched UHF three times since I've watched Weird. The exactly. One time. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. I was just talking to the group here on our tour bus. We have a hard drive with movies on it, and we were going to try to load up Weird and, and watch it together on the bus because I, I would love to see it again, and some of these guys haven't seen it yet. Oh, um, perfect. I, I think that... Uh, just because of the amount of time separating them, it would be really hard to even just judge them on an even playing field. But one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, having said that, I do feel like I am slightly. I feel like I am partial to UHF, but that's you know, yeah. that's just uh, how the brain works. We got two questions from our Facebook moderator. Uh, big shout out to Dave Matt Mattenly, who Dave Mattenly, where we fail to share when new episodes come out. He shares every Friday morning, first thing on the Facebook podcast. It's so amazing. I gave, I gave him a moderator role on our Facebook page. Thank you so much, a Dave. Job than us. He had two especially questions. when I'm on the road. I've been having a hard time trying to keep up, but I appreciate it. every time I log in and I see all the comments. I am just Dude, overjoyed. We must mention this. The amount of people that that have a now checked out the Harry Chaplin three thirty thousand pounds of banana song. Oh yeah, but yeah, are yeah. also sympathetic to your uh, banana phobia has been nice. Yes, yes, I, I did. I, I you you all really warmed my heart. So thank you because <laughs> I, uh, I I think I said it. You know, it's funny again. I've been on the road. I I often, especially before a mailbag, I like to kind of like scan through these episodes and remind myself of the things. No, we you talked said about. on the episode you were afraid that this would be weaponized against you. And yeah, way, well, so. and I I think I said it in a Facebook comment. You know, it really all goes back to to like you know kids stuff. Oh yeah, middle Cause, schoolers cause, will cause ruin kids you. Kids are the worst. Children are the worst humans we have. Yes, <laughs> uh, and and you tell a kid that you have a problem, and the kid just immediately comes up with ways to use it against you. Exactly, yeah. like that's that's all it is. And so I still have some mild residual trauma from uh, uh, kids coming up from behind me and shoving bananas into my face from behind. Oh, no, um, no, 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 no. and uh, it's some really really tough tough stuff. But but I, I liked the guessing game that led up to it because I sort of teased. <laughs> Oh my god! That, it uh, was there were so many guesses. There was a whole group of people guessing in a yes. thread. Yes, and amazing. I remember seeing on there our uh, our friend uh, Glenn, who I I know of because Glenn was also or is also a Weedus fan, who I see in, on those forums as well. And he knew because we had talked before about how on Weedus tours, if you go on a tour, you have something called a rider, which is yeah. like your contract for the show, and it has like you know for a tour like this, you have snacks that you get backstage, like food stuff, things that the band need for the day. And we have on our hospitality rider for snacks, the very first line of the hospitality rider is in bold, all caps, underlined, absolutely no bananas. <laughs> you know, so there's every a song venue that comes has to my record. mind. 
there's a song that comes to my mind, which is, of course, Yes, We Have No Bananas. Yes, We Have No Bananas. <laughs> exactly. That's that's my kind of song. Anyway, um, so thank you all for, for uh, I, I knew I could count on the Weird Al community to, uh, to take care with uh, precious information about me. So thank you all for that. It was very, I really was very... Uh, very heartwarmed to see uh, all those all those comments on the episode. <laughs> um, but Dave uh, asked two questions. One, yeah, which Al song has completely surpassed the original in your mind? And besides Al, who are some other parodyists that you enjoy? Um, so the one that surpasses the original, I feel like there's not that many. I think that they feel pretty. They're either uneven playing ground or sometimes Al's is a little bit worse uh, as we've seen with say like here's Johnny and Mm -hmm. and um, Isle thing like I think that those songs are only really listenable listenable because they remind you that there's other that who's Johnny exists in the world Um, I've definitely listened to White and Nerdy a million more times than I've listened to Riding Dirty by Chamillionaire absolutely Um, and honestly, word crimes because it's a way less problematic song to listen to than listening I know, to right? blurred lines. Th- that's also true. Um, <laughs> it's funny; I hadn't thought about the ones we haven't done yet. But for me, of ones we have talked about, uh, two that come to mind right away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that I prefer "I Lost on Jeopardy" Ooh. to Greg Kinn's "Jeopardy." I actually I think, think I that does surpass the original. Yeah. Um, and even though it is a hugely iconic song, I will always, always, always listen to Eat It before Beat It. I think I can agree with that too. I think we said that we know the lyrics to Eat It more than we know the lyrics. Without to a beat doubt, it. I know yeah. the lyrics to Eat It way better than Beat It. Um, those are two that I actually think he, he actually, he, for me anyway, I think he surpassed the original. I Lost on Jeopardy is probably number one for me because I actually think the original is a great song, but I just don't. And we've talked before about how like I heard Al's version first, which does, of course, yeah. play a part in that um, perception. But I just think that I actually think Al's lyric and everything about that song is just a little bit better executed for me in Al's version. I'll throw two more out there. And I yeah. think one will actually you'll put higher than even I Lost on Jeopardy as would rather listen to Al's version than the original. Um, Jurassic Park compared to MacArthur Park. Uh, I think. Oh, that's so. That's an interesting one. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that because MacArthur, <laughs> because MacArthur, because Park, MacArthur is Park is such Park, a weird long song. MacArthur Park <laughs> is one of the most insane pieces of music. I, for people like we just referenced the the Jurassic Park cast. Um, we talk about it a little bit if you want a preview of when we will, <laughs> we're still a, a little ways away from talking about Jurassic Park. But um, MacArthur Park is a nutso piece of music. It is like one of the weirdest things ever released and recorded and a hit. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually really do like Jurassic Park, but I think he made it even less. I think Weird Al made it less weird. I think he normal out uh, MacArthur Park. Park. Yeah. And I, and I think just because it is as much as I love this band, it's probably one of the dumbest songs in their catalog. I think spam is a better song than stand. Uh, <laughs> That's a contender too, actually. Um, yeah, we talked in that episode, right, about how yeah. like I, unclear which of these is dumber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're both pretty, yeah. pretty dumb. Yeah, um, that's and fair. Then, as far as the other parodyists, uh, I I referenced this in our very very first episode, but I absolutely grew up loving Stan Freeberg 
and mm. like the stuff that he did where he did parodies a little bit different. He never changed words, but he right. would do stuff where it'd be like a behind the scenes of the recording of the song, essentially. Right. And he would, the way that Al is very good at this would pick apart one specific thing. Um, so case in points was like, he would do Elvis heartbreak hotel, but the reverb would be so outrageous on the microphone that like the longer the song went on, the more unintelligible it would be because right. you'd be hearing the reverb from like four lines ago, still like <laughs> infiltrating or uh, the one that I probably liked the most, which was doing the banana boat song. And it kept breaking into an argument between the singer and the bongo player that he was yelling too loud right next to him and it was right, like distracting right, right. him from being able to play his bongo line. Like, so that stuff I think really, I should give that some more. Listen, I don't know that stuff that well. I'll send you, I have his, yeah, send like, me some stuff. I bought the Stan Freeberg double disc, like complete collection one day. Cause I was mm. like, I love this stuff. This is stuff. My, my grandfather, when I was a kid, um, found out how much I loved weird Al and made me a cassette tape of music from his time that was in the same vein. So it was like Benny Bell and Stan Freeberg and Spike Jones, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And a, and a few of those other artists from that time period. Um, modern day, it's, it's a lot more harder because I don't think anyone, no one's doing what Al does. And if they are, they're not doing it well enough to be remembered. Right. Like there's so many like Napster, incorrectly labeled as yeah. weird owl stuff. Yeah. And even more recent than that is the very, like the TikTok version of it, which is a lot of people doing the like, Hey, what would it sound like if green day did Disney music? It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Like it, it's, you know, it, it's funny cause you can draw a clear line where this is like a version of like a style parody or like something that he, it's almost more like a cross between an owl style parody and just a mashup. Yeah. Um, but, um, the one thing I'll give credit for, and this is a, a big name to reference, and he doesn't really do that much parody, but um, but Bo Burnham clearly gets a lot of influence from Al. Well, that's what I was going to his... say. I think that there's no, I don't think anyone does parodies, but I was going to say Lonely Island, Bo Burnham, like a Lonely lot of Island, the musical sure. comedy is yeah. pulling from something. On Bo's previous special, Make Happy, he does his fake country song, mm -hmm. which I think he calls pandering. Pandering, um, and I was going to say, I think the best thing to come out of comedy is Bo Burnham's uh, Kanye song. Like, yes. he ends that special with a 10-minute comedy uh, Kanye-style parody that is, like, perfect. Like, he nails that, that, everything. Yes, I would say, that as a style parody and... Um, and that country song, if you look at those as style parodies, like in the way that Al would do, those are genius. Those are absolutely genius. And he has clearly kind of moved a little bit away from that in his, like when he did Inside. And I, I don't think he, that's exactly going to be his path that he takes like across the board. He seems like someone interested in doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I would say but, in a similar vein when we mentioned Lonely Island, Lonely Island kind of does their own thing, but the pop star movie specifically has yeah. what I think is one of the funniest things they've ever done, which was their parody of Macklemore's um, real love song where Macklemore right. wrote this gay rights anthem. And then he does his version of a gay rights anthem, but make sure that 
as many times as possible, he needs to stress that he himself is not gay. Is not gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Still not gay. Still not gay. Yeah. No, no, no. no. So, so yeah, those are. That yeah, stuff yeah. is so good. Like they, so like good. they're really good at nailing. And that's kind of, that's nice. Cause you get that slightly edgier, like Al would never do a song. Never. Like no. that's I'm, I'm not gay. <laughs> like Lonely Island yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then so the, those the, are two uh, solid examples, yeah. And then the last question we have here, uh, mm-hmm. let's see. Um, oh, it's it's another one uh, from Zebron, uh, and he just said, "I hope I'm not being too forward, but do you mind if I chew on your butts?" Uh, so. <laughs> another one. Wow, a <laughs> lot of butt chewing, a lot of butt chewing. Yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. We're gonna, yeah. you know, once we eventually we'll take the show on the road, and then everyone can line up and chew our butts. Just line up one dollar, one dollar a butt. Um, that's, a, that's our VIP meet and greet experience <laughs> is the butt chewing. Uh, Matt, we're wrapping it up here. We're yes. going to watch some TV episodes for the next two yes. weeks. And then we're diving into the official 90s era of Al. But you're still in Europe for a little bit longer. Is mm-hmm. there any shows that are still have tickets available if anybody wants to, to go? Or are you sold out there, for the rest of the tour? We're, we have a lot of sellouts, which is wonderful. Um, this is going to come out. This comes out this Friday, right, Matt? Yeah. So um, we have, we're going to still be in Ireland then, but that will mostly be sold out. Uh, we're in Lincoln next week. Um, Corby, Cambridge, Norwich, Cardiff, Bridgewater. Those are the currently not sold out ones. <laughs> I'm here until the 12th uh, playing with Wheatus. Check the map. It's not that big a country. Even shows that are sold out, usually there's a show not sold out pretty close by. Um, but we, I have actually had a lot of people come up to me after these shows and comment on the podcasts, which has been really that. amazing to see. So thank you all. Anyone who's done that, I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, Matt, one last thing before we go. Are we doing a, are we moving a ranking? Are we doing that today too? Ooh, um, I hadn't pre-planned one, but I'll definitely look at my rankings and see, is there anything that I feel like is- We had said at the top of a decade, we could we could yeah. make a, uh, a move on our list here. Hmm, all right, and so nothing's jumping out at me on the parodies. Let me see how I feel about the originals. Go on. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, while you're looking, I'm going to say one. And okay. I will acknowledge that this is, I'll even move it for you, Matt, so you're, you, you can do your, um, uh, I, I will admit that this comes from how happy I was with our episode, but the conversation we had really did make me think more about this track and how much I appreciate how clever it is and how I, 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 I feel like I underestimated it way more than I realized and so i am moving up money for nothing beverly hillbillies i'm moving up to between spam and the theme from rocky 13 okay i'm moving Um, it up up a few positions there um i just yeah the more i thought about how clever that song was and the wordplay and the back and forth and and then even the convo we had about how it was originally going to be prince which then just made no sense to me and completely scrambled my brain um yeah i'm moving that one up a few spots. I, I think I, I, I feel like I underestimated that one. So I think this one wasn't that I underestimated it. I think this was a situation where I put a specific song above this song um, because it made sense at the time. Mm-hmm. And then as more and more songs came up, I liked those songs 
more than the song I put above this song. Right. But in retrospect, I'm like, but I like the song that's below this song so much more than the songs I put above it. <laughs> I want to move. I want to move Midnight Star up to underneath Christmas at Ground Zero. Um, I think at the time when we did the Slime Creatures from Outer Space episode, I was like, man, Slime Creatures is just so like that song instrumentally is fantastic. Um, so yes. I put it above it for the instrumental performance. But then it was like, I put Twister above Slime Creatures, and I definitely think Midnight Star is better than Twister. And then yeah, I put that's Good fair. Old Days above <laughs> Twister, because I do think Good Old Days is better than Twister, but I again think Midnight Star is better than Good Old Days. So it just kind of kept getting pushed down to the middle uh, when I feel like it should still be in that that higher to the top area. Um, I totally I, agree. I totally right, agree. I think that that's a... Uh, I think that we done did it. Um, the only other thing I want to quickly mention, and Matt, I don't even think I ran this past you. Oh, I did run this past you. Uh, if you're listening to this, if you haven't yet, you should absolutely go and subscribe to the Geekscape YouTube channel yes. because there will be at least one opportunity to definitely see Matt and I. Uh, we will be celebrating the uh, three-year, I want to say, three or maybe even four-year anniversary of One Hit Thunder by doing a live one hit thunder episode live stream on black friday that would be november the 24th uh i think we're doing six o'clock um i haven't even ran past you kind of what we're thinking about doing but there will be opportunities to see matt milligan at some point during that and you'll definitely see me because i'll be there and then a couple weeks later on december 8th i'll be doing a 24-hour charity live stream i don't believe weird algorithm will be making it onto the schedule that could a, change. Who knows? It's a tight schedule, guys. It's a tight it's, schedule. It's a tight schedule. But Matt Milligan is in about a thousand bands. So maybe you'll <laughs> see some type of performance involving Matt Milligan somewhere in that day. Uh, if the timing rule it works out. out. I yeah, it's rule not it out. it's not an impossibility. <laughs> um, yes. But until then, uh, they're coming to take Matt away. Uh, happy <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween Yikes. from uh, Weird Algorithm, and we'll be back next week with and your regularly. Real quick before program. we go, oh, and happy, oh. happy, slightly belated birthday to Weird Al. Oh, I almost yes. forgot. Oh we, my we, god, we, we almost meant to forgot. record. We we meant to record yesterday, which was Al's sixty fourth birthday. And as I mentioned, I got stuck on a ferry and I couldn't do it. We are recording the day after Al's sixty fourth birthday, but everyone here's the sixty four more Al. Sixty four more years of Al, whether he likes it or not. 64 more years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.